Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's welcome today's guest, Leah Fink. How are you, Leah? I'm doing great. How about you, Dan? Doing great. Thank you. Why don't you introduce yourself to us briefly? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited. My name is Leah Fink, and I'm the owner and founder of All Thrive. And my real purpose is to help people with their relationships. And that's the relationship to their self, their relationship to others, personal context, professional context. And I do that through running a, uh, workshops that are all about self-awareness and skill development. Fantastic. And we're going to talk today about how to speak the language of your desired audience. Now, all of our people listening are professionals in one way or another, speakers, coaches, all of our listeners today are writing books, hoping to get new clients. And they need to speak in a certain language, you say, in order to attract them. So tell us more about that. Yeah, I would love to. So a lot of people and probably a lot of people in this audience have done some sort of personality typology before, right? They might have done Myers-Briggs. They might have done DISC. There's a whole, whole variety of them, Enneagram. And what I found is that a lot of people do that maybe as a self-reflective tool, but don't always apply it to their business and especially to things like book writing. And when you can understand a little bit deeper, these different personality types, it can really help you either narrow in your audience and be very specific for them. So they're really appealing. So the book is really appealing to them, or it can actually help you to broaden your language to try to catch the biggest audience possible. So when I talk about personality types, the personality type I like is true colors. That's the one I facilitate in. And so just a couple quick facts about it uh, is that it says that we have all four personality types. So it's not that you are just one, but you have them in greater and lesser amounts. And each type, of course, is going to have specific ways that they like to interact with people, certain ways that they like to communicate. And because we are always so, you know, in our own mind in our own perspective of the world when we do things like write it can be quite subconscious and we'll write in our style which could be great if we're uh, catering to people who are also our strongest personality type but might be really bad if we're trying to cater to a different group or to a broader group that's fascinating and i want to pick on on that point how do we know if we're writing for ourselves or for our audience is there a test um how would we know? Yeah, well, this would essentially go into a specific level of psychographic in my mind. So to, to talk about the four different types really quickly, the way I'm going to describe them today is we have people that are primarily gold and strongest gold people are going to be your organized people, your planners. They like things laid out. They like detail. They like tradition. They generally have a right way to do things. You have people who are primarily blue. They are your people people. They're the warm, caring people. They'll talk about emotions. They're the people that you want to go to when you have a problem because they'll really listen to you. They're also very creative people. You have your greens. They are the logical, analytical. They like researching, finding the best way to do things. They will talk about their favorite subjects for hours. 
And then you have your orange people and they're the adventurous, spontaneous, kind of your classic fun life of the party, social people. Uh, they're also often entrepreneurs. So if your audience is entrepreneurs, that might be something you want to speak to because they don't like the status quo. They like bringing new big ideas in. So when you're looking at that, when you think about those four types and you think about your audience, someone might come to mind. So if you are, say, uh, someone who does marketing for accountants specifically, and you're looking to attract an audience of accountants, I'm going to venture that most accountants, if they are not strongest gold, which is the organized structured type, they probably have a very high amount of gold because that job takes a lot of qualities of, you know, fine detail, uh, start to finish tasks. Uh, you know, those kinds of tasks can be very appealing. And so people who have that primary type are probably drawn to that kind of a role. So even though you're not going to stereotype everyone, you know that a large percentage of your audience is going to be that. So you can really write to that specific person. And then the flip side of that would be, let's say you work uh, as a financial advisor and you're not just looking to find one type of family who wants to invest with you or one type of business. You're trying to find a broader range, which maybe has a more specific demographic, but a less specific psychographic, what you want to do is be able to speak to all of those different types. Um, so when you're, when you're writing your book, I'll just keep going into this if you don't have any questions. When you're writing your book, you can look at different components that are going to appeal to each of those types. So uh, once again, with those goals, because they're, uh, they're the biggest percentage of adults have strongest goals. So that's also a good thing to know. Uh, they want to read about structures. They want plans, procedures. They want to know that you have something laid out, a list, a proven process. Um, and they, they really appreciate that in your book writing. So the more that you can show that you're structured, detail-oriented, and the more details and that kind of information you can give them, the more they're going to be drawn to it. Uh, on the other side, if you have an audience of primary blue, and this is probably going to be, I would say a lot of coaches attract people that are looking for that relationship support. Um, I, I, just to not go into probably every single uh, type of profession that would do it, but uh, they want to hear about relationships and they don't want to hear just, I'm not talking romantic relationships, but they want to know how people relate to each other. So you want to write about stories, about experiences that people have together. You don't want to give them maybe as much detail-oriented process. They're going to care more about why it matters to people and the emotional content. Uh, your, your, your green people are really going to look for, for factual books. And so any, any way you can give them information is going to be appreciated because they want research, they want stats, they want, they want info in a big, in a big way. They also like puzzling through things. So they might like also uh, creative things like science fiction and fantasy because those are some big picture pieces that they can really think through the details of. Um, and then your oranges are gonna like things that are a bit more fun. Oranges might not be big readers uh, because they have so many big ideas. They don't wanna finish a whole book. They want little bite-sized pieces. So they like, might like shorter stories. They really like an aspect of humor and playfulness to their writing. So once again, if you're writing to a specific group of those people and you think to yourself, when, when she said this color, I went, yeah, that's definitely my client. They're generally these people. That's who I want to cater to. Great. There's a couple of ways that you can do that. And if you thought to yourself, you know what, I have a demographic and less of a psychographic. I want to be able to cater to all of those pieces. You can take each of those pieces, right? So I, I could give the example of a cookbook to not go into one specific field, but a cookbook's, oh, oh cookbook's sure, great. Okay. Because you could, you could have laid out recipes. And so you have this structure piece that might be appealing to golds already. 
you could tell a story about the recipes. And this could apply to a book about procedure as well. You could tell the story about the procedure, where it came from, the family history, where you learned it from. And that brings that story aspect in. If it contains some sort of interesting aspect about the food or the process, you know, those fun, fun facts, it might appeal to those green people. And then finally, if you can add some humor, some sort of fun, short, quippy bits, uh, that'll appeal to the orange. So that's how you can look at it. Fantastic. I, I love that analogy because when I teach my classes on how to attract the right people for your book, by having the right examples, the kinds of work you like to do, the kinds of clients you like to work with, and also repel the people you do not want to work with. I think you've given us a very good example or a good framework here on how you can actually do that. Uh, so if you want people who are more fun-loving, that's fine. If you want people who are more detail-oriented, that's fine. There's no right, there's no wrong. It's just a question of whichever group you want to attract. I think that that's very interesting. I love the cookbook example as well because even for leadership books and management books, those are really recipe books in themselves. <laughs> They're just teaching a different recipe, a different outcome, which is wonderful. Um, do you have any advice for telling stories? Is there, are there any ways to tell a story that becomes more engaging for people? Mm, that is a really good question. I think when you tell stories, realize that you're probably going to be speaking at least in part to the blue part of people right because we have all these colors and stories naturally have that creative they tend to have an emotional draw and everyone does have emotions all of the colors are are emotion based they just feel them in different ways so when you can speak to experiences that that play a little bit on emotion without using overly emotional language and so that can be a bit of a balance so you can talk about the impact in different ways. So for example, if you talk about a, you know, a story about your parents when you were little and how they raised you, there's structured parts you can add to that story, right? You wanna, you wanna lay it out in a logical uh, and nicely set up manner. You don't wanna just be all over the place. You want to interject some fun pieces, right? It's not just telling you, and then my mom and dad took me to the park and then we did this. It's, it's like, oh, and then this one time at the park, throw in a little bit of humor, maybe there. Um, and then, then what is the result? People want to know that beginning, middle, end. Here's what happened. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. I'm not going to claim to be an expert in story writing. Once again, I'm doing this more from the perspective of what are the different components of story that different people might be looking for? Because story does connect us all. Are there any tips that you can give us for us to figure out what color our target audience is? I know you said what one group is very detail-oriented or well, fun-oriented, whatever. How would we find out whether they are that way? Because we're all, to some degree, we're, all, we're part of all four but more heavily weighted in some areas, depending on the person. What kind of clues or questions could we ask to find out what their key modality is? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I would actually recommend if you have the opportunity to write out, you know, don't spend five hours making a 20 page book, but write out even maybe a couple paragraphs and think about each of these types and write out each paragraph to match one of the types. So you repeat the same information or whatever you wanna share, but really try to narrow it down on that one way. So as one kind of the short, quippy, fun, blast of energy sentences, 
uh, keeping it, you know, keeping it nice and condensed is one very detail oriented and very structured is one talking a lot about the emotional impact and is one, you know, laying out a process or uh, a plan for how they're going to learn. And then if you have the opportunity, most people do have clients that they've already been working with who are their ideal client. That's of course the best way to get information. Uh, and if you can go to, you know, four or five or however many of your past clients and give them four examples and say, which one of these appeals to you the most? Because ultimately it's all the same information you're giving them. It's just written in four different ways. And if three quarters of them say, this is the one I would want to read, I would say that's a pretty good indicator there. Uh, and if you don't have a base of clients already, I would really try to break your demographic down into a psychographic and look up some pieces about psychographics for personality types, because there's lots of information out there. Okay. If you write a book for, book for all four personality types, do you risk alienating any one of them or do they, could they relate to different parts of all of those aspects? I, I do believe that there is a bit of skillfulness to it. And I actually think, though, that when you're writing to all the types, you're less likely to alienate. You're much more likely to alienate if you're actually the, the worst way you're likely to alienate is if you are not aware of what you are writing from. So if I for I, for example, have very strong green, I'm very logical, analytical, and I know, I know that I use that in my conversation specifically. So I have to really watch things like I think and try to change it to, you know, I believe or I feel to try to reach a broader audience. And if I wasn't aware of that um, and the audience I was working to reach was very much that empathetic people, people, and they're just going, why is this person talking so much about thinking? That's what really alienates people is, is that feeling of, I can't connect with this person. Whereas when people can see, and this is on a, a, a subconscious level, right? You're not saying specifically this exact breakdown every time, but when they can see certain words that appeal to them, they do feel included. Right. A lot of a lot of kids, for example, um, start out with a higher higher orange content, more adventure, more play, more fun. And by the time we get to adults, we have far fewer oranges because a lot of society, a lot of the books they read in school didn't have much for them. They weren't catered to them. They were catered very much to greens and golds because they were factual and logically laid out. So that's that's the that's the reality is people will embrace that less. They will want to read it less. They'll engage with it less. So that's really the power of being able to speak. And even if you are formatting your book for a specific type, you know that your audience is gold. There are still throw in little components of these other pieces because people still have them. They're still aware. You can still speak to them. Just don't focus on them maybe as much as the primary one that you're going for. Very interesting. Let me follow up on that with the I, we, and you paradigm or example. Um, and I'm curious because I attended a seminar where the leader was talking about people love to see the word you uh, because they see themselves in it. In fact, he had a, a sample sentence where he had the word you 13 times and we didn't even notice it until he pointed it out. And as I'm writing my books, I have a client who had uh, a lot of transcripts with the word we. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And of course, my predilection is sort of like yours, where I'm writing about I, I think this, I think that. So of those three, since you're the language expert, what do you think is the most bonding, I, we, or you? I, I think, I believe that is 
very situational. And the reason I say that is because it's going to depend a lot on what you're writing. So I, I'm very curious about this gentleman that you talked about who used you a lot. Was he talking about very positive things and dreams and aspirations that you were working towards? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So in that case, you was a great example, because what I'm saying is I'm bringing you in on the dream and I'm saying, Dan, you can be the one who feels this amazing way and you can embrace this and you can when I'm talking about situations, so, so for example, when I talk to clients and we're talking about some of the challenges they're going through, I don't want to use the word you. I don't want to say, you have challenges in relationship. People are going to go, I'm being attacked. They don't want that, right? They, they want to hear, we all have challenges in relationship or we all want to learn this thing. So, so I think you is a really good one when you're trying to bring people with you on that positive journey and saying that they can achieve it, they can do it. You can all write a book. I believe in you. You're doing great, listeners of this podcast. And when you're saying, you know, we all have challenges when we first sit down to think about what our book's going to be about and how we're going to write it. That is fascinating. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's so cool. Leah, tell us who is your perfect client and how can they get in touch with you? So my perfect client are people who really want to upscale their relationships. And what I mean by that is they want to put in the effort to really be skillful and get results out of their relationships. So the, the webinar that I like to use a lot to introduce people to this concept is called increase your ROR. And that's your return on relationship because I really want people to realize that if they can learn these skills, they can put effort into a relationship, they can get that back out. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who realize that in their life of meeting new clients and having to interact with them, they really do need to be very skillful in relationship because that will make or break your business. It's not a business where you can just, you know, give them a, a piece of paper and say, give me money. You have to interact with people and, and build that capacity. So yeah, all, all my workshops have a bit of a focus of not only how you can apply relationship pieces in your normal life. So you're, you're using them with your friends and family, but also from an entrepreneurial sense, how can you use these to really advance your business? Great. And what is your website? Uh, my website is allthrive.ca. Allthrive.ca. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. And thanks, everyone, for being with us on our podcast. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.